Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Through Nick and Thin. The podcast where we watch every Nicolas Cage movie in chronological order so that you don't have to. I'm your host, my name is Steve. Joining me as always is my lovely co-host, Hannah. Hannah, how are you doing this week? A little warm for the first time. It's like hot. All year. Ah. It's like, feels like summer. It was like sticky the past two days here in the Honestly, great city of Philadelphia. Honestly, a little bit disgusting. Yeah. G- get out of here with that. What? Let's just stay inside. I was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, let's, air conditioning for. Oh, it feels good. Some people wait so long. It's like. We turned it on. Yeah. Some people, they feel like it's a contest that they I, in. okay. I have to admit, and you know this because uh-huh. you live with me, but right. I do experience that contest, but for putting the heat on. I uh, won't put the heat on until yeah. I ab- until I my pipes are going to freeze. <laughs> and when I used to not own a home, when I used to right. have landlords, they'd be like, "You mm. have to put the heat on, or the pipes will <laughs> right. freeze." That's I'll how say, you make me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sleep curled up around I, the pipes so that they don't freeze. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I mean, that's what. That's how you can stay warm. Well, that's how the pipes stay warm through your body heat. And then my body heat transfers onto the pipe, which then transfers back to me. And then you can take a hot shower. That it's you... called infusion. It's called mother goosing. Is mother what... goosing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've gotten off to a weird start well, this we week. We watched a weird movie this week, <laughs> we so it's, sure only, it's only suitable. Yeah, and we are well aware that this this episode is a little late. Life gets in the way, you know? It just happens. Don't worry about it. But that's we're here. the tag of this movie. The Humanity Bureau. Life when, gets in the way. So, I I won't spoil it yet, but there's a, the, remind me of that tagline later, and we can talk about that. But All we right, watched, I'll, I'll make a mental note. Make a mental note. We watched 2017's The Humanity Bureau, and a brief synopsis is the world's gone to shit because of climate change. 2030. In the year 2030... <laughs> they stopped making automobiles in, in 2000. 2000. <laughs> Roads don't exist anymore. Lakes don't exist anymore. Everything Goodwill, is dried up. Everything's dried up. Goodwill is gone. Everyone's mad at each other. Also, Ni- the thrift stores. <laughs> Goodwill. <laughs> also, Goodwill. Is there's no everything. goodwill there's also no goodwill <laughs> <laughs> there are there's also no goodwill. Nicholas Cage plays an agent in the Humanity Bureau, which is a part of the government, maybe. That is tasked with finding people who do not contribute to society and arresting them Smite, or moving them. In what? Smiting them. Smiting them. I mean, essentially. <laughs> so this movie's wild. Uh, we had loads of fun watching this so one. Much fun. Han- we haven't seen a movie this bad but so good in a while. Yeah. Hannah had more fun with this one than I did, I think. Really? Yeah, I mean, you remember when we were watching, you were like laughing your ass dying. off. You were dying. <laughs> you thought it was great. And I'm like, get me out of this this radiation hellhole or whatever oh, they, they have. It's awesome. No, it was, there was a lot to like. Um, <laughs> and also nothing at the same time. But there was, it would be like an amazing scene that makes no sense, followed by like 20 minutes of nothing. <laughs> and then another amazing scene where you're like, all right, I'm back in. It, it made the 20 minutes of nothing worth it. Absolutely. So we're going to get this podcast kicked off as we usually do 
which is Hannah's going to give us some behind the scenes information. And now I saw you reading all week. You were really diving deep. <laughs> That's what's taken us so long to report. <laughs> right. To the novelization of this book uh, or of this movie. No, There's I'm kidding. very little on the internet I about this it. movie. Yeah. Um, I found all the highlights, which I will share for you here and now. This movie, Humanity Bureau, 2017, also 2018. It's one of those movies where it was like originally released in 2017, like re-released, I guess, in box in- offices in 2018, only internationally. Yeah, yeah. And that so we follow whatever the earliest release date is, and that's what's reported on IMDb. So that's the order that we're going in. Right. So if you ever want to know what order we're going in, go on Nicolas Cage's IMDb and then just look in chronological order, and that's just what we follow. Yeah. So sometimes things are a little bit out of order, but yeah. not, I guess, like from a production standpoint. Yeah, I guess not. Um, except I think we did get the crudes. Like we, I accidentally switched them around. And so we did that one like a week before we were supposed to or something. It wasn't that bad. But anyway. Whatever. Humanity Bureau 2017. This movie has a 4.6 out of 10 on IMDb and a 25% on Rotten Tomatoes, I think which that's, isn't that bad. I think that's, I think that's generous. very generous. Yeah. <laughs> that's, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I could not find the budget, but I did find a review that said, this movie is Blade Runner 2049 if $20.49 were the budget. <laughs> That's the closest thing I came to finding the budget. And then the box office was $58,970. Or $58, oh, in 26 in 27 cents. cents. Because, because somebody opted for the extra large popcorn. At least this is like a round number. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Sometimes they report they the pennies. report yeah. the pennies. Yeah. And it's like, ooh, they were really reaching. Yeah. All right, this, uh, the trifecta is what I like to call them. My Mm -hmm. three favorite production companies Mm. uh, collaborated to make this movie. You may have heard of them. Mind's Eye Entertainment, Mm -hmm. Bridgegate Pictures, and VMI Worldwide. VMI Worldwide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so those those are the three that you have tattooed on your chest. You you took the words right out of my (laughs) mouth. She's got it straight across. Straight across all three. (laughs) In, in in one long line across uh-huh. my chest. Yeah, yeah. Very small font. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Maybe we've it's... never heard of these production companies because this movie was filmed in Canada and produced in Canada. Okay. We don't live in Canada. But I've seen other Canadian movies. I don't know if I've ever heard of these production companies. Did not care to look to see what else they've uh, mm. made. Politics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This movie's I, got some. <laughs> after this, maybe after we talk it through, maybe I'll understand what I think the political affiliation mm-hmm. of the writer and director of this movie was. But it was very confusing watching this movie. I mean, it was very political. Yeah. But I can't tell you on what end of the spectrum. Yeah. I, I was hoping you could tell me after doing research, but yeah. I, I think think it's leaning pretty far to the right but then there are some some things that makes me think that it is more left-leaning but then i remember it's canadian and all bets are off there (laughs) it reminds me of like you know the snl bit where it's the high school drama club where they all just like lean over and kiss each other 
and then they go black lives matter and then yeah, they do yeah, another yeah, yeah, and yeah. like and they SNL. do this yeah. yeah this snl bit where it's like they do all these things and then make a statement at the end that doesn't connect to yeah, their, it doesn't correlate yeah right. it makes no sense and that's what this movie reminds me of yeah it felt like they were trying to be like socially conscious yeah we're and make... environmentally conscious yeah and politically conscious but but like without making a definitive statement yeah what's what's the message i don't, <laughs> I don't know. know unclear i guess we'll find out as we uh, journey through the plot yeah i guess so um the closing credits features a song called done the math which i started playing for steve to mm-hmm. to get a vibe check from him yeah um see how he was feeling about it he gave me nothing i immediately bought it on vinyl <laughs> I don't know why you said, I don't know why. I thought you were going to say like on LimeWire. On LimeWire, yeah. I, I immediately to... downloaded it from LimeWire. <laughs> I went to ShareBear. Oh, I had ShareBear. I think... My friend Alex who listened, she had ShareBear. You just alternate between the two of them. And then when one of them crashes your computer and you have to get another one, then you just download the other one. This movie or the song is called Done the Math. Okay. And it was written and performed by a actor named Hugh Dillon, who is the lead singer from a band called the headstones do you know who hugh dylan is uh not off the top of my head i could look up a picture please okay (laughs) (laughs) oh it's nicholas cage's friend in the movie sort of boss his boss is that is it his boss Mm -hmm. wow i didn't realize that was his boss they just seem like he's a bald man so he's a yeah we will talk a lot about when we get into the he's going to have several different monikers as i go through this movie retelling of this tale the final moniker is our personal favorite oh absolutely um some things about nick cage very little to share because Mm. we've already had like 14 movies from 2017 so i'm getting a little bit dry (laughs) but i've been saving one of these facts for for a moment like this when i have nothing but steve also just reminded me that next week's movie he can't even find on like anything so i have no idea what i'm going to talk about for that but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it This is the first quote-unquote sci-fi movie that Nicolas Cage has made since 2009 when he made the blockbuster hit Knowing. Was it a blockbuster hit? No, it wasn't a blockbuster <laughs> hit. I did see it in the movie theater, though. Oh, well, there you go. So, it must have been. It must have been. It must have been really cool. Hannah saw it in the movie theater it, a million it, times. I think I saw it in the movie theater and then everyone else saw it because I saw it first. Yeah, there's a movie theater down the street that's just playing it on a loop for Hannah. So for she, she's got a monthly subscription so she can go in and out and watch Knowing. I mean, I'm like just trying to keep alive some small businesses here. <laughs> well, that's actually quite nice. times. <laughs> that's quite nice. Um, every year... In Austin, Texas, the Alamo Drought House celebrates Nicolas Cage's career with the Caged Film Festival. Mm-hmm. Finally, in 2007, Nick Cage himself showed up to the big event to watch five films wow. that he's hand-selected. And I want my friend Steve here <laughs> <laughs> to guess which five those may be. Have we seen them all? We have seen all of them. And I will say that this is for some Cage Files, um, some real Nicolas Cage fanatics who are going to this festival. So it's not going to be... It's not your popular ones. It's not going to be the popular ones. It's going to be five of the perhaps lesser known ones. Perhaps lesser known ones. Okay. Uh, My mind immediately goes to Joe. That's one. Okay. I could also see potentially the Frozen Ground. Not... 
What did we watch last week? I don't recall. Doesn't matter because it's not. It's not that. <laughs> okay. Let me pull up my list real quick. Is that cheating to pull up my list? No, it's okay. 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 Um. Oh boy. I thought this would be a fun little game for us. Yeah. To play. Okay. Let's go with uh, the runner. No. Oh. Close. Um. Time frame wise, I believe. Oh. Okay. Wow. Fuck. No, he wouldn't show Snowden. He's not the star. Mm-mm. Uh. Doggy dog. No. Oh man. But. I had to say no. I had to think about that for a second because in the article that I read about it, it was like, have you ever heard of movies like Dog Eat Dog, blah, blah, blah. And it was like all movies that we've seen. Yeah. And it was like, if you have, you must be a real Nick Cage fan. I was like, well, they got us pegged here. <laughs> um, oh, okay. Maybe this is what you're referring to. Dying of the Light? No. Wow. Oh, he he wouldn't want to do that one. How about uh, Wind Talkers? No. Similar title to Dying of the Light. Uh, oh, uh, what's the other dying one or the death? Um, Kiss of Death? Another one with 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 death in it. Uh, well, uh, death. Oh man, maybe a form of the word death, not death in De- deadfall. A s- correct form, Dead. different film. Poet Society. He wasn't in he that. He was not in that. Oh man, I'm struggling. I'm looking. I'm looking. What do we got here? He was in it with his wife at the time. I know. I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember the name of it. He played. It was so bad. Oh my God! What is the name of that? Bringing out the dead. That is one of them. And then um, I'm not going to make everyone else suffer through Steve trying to guess three really, others. This is bad. Yeah. So it was Joe bringing out the dead. Bangkok Dangerous. I was Nick Cage picked that. Bangkok Dangerous. That's a bad. Movie. He picked Army of One and he picked Lord of War. Okay, I could see Lord of War. Yeah. I could see him picking Army of One because I think he thinks he put in a great performance. So do our fans. I'm sorry, guys. I well. Know that- we didn't, and that's true. We didn't say that he didn't put in a great performance. We just didn't like the movie. No, it it just didn't grab us, and I don't think the voice was necessary. It was fun though. I mean, like yeah. I'm glad he did something. Yeah, that's true. Everybody else was doing nothing in that movie, mm-hmm. and he he was doing something. I can't believe that he brought some of those movies. And to end us off here, yeah. Um, to close out the festival, or at least the part of the, the festival, he stayed and watched five movies. That's a long ass five fucking movies. time. Five movies. That's like at least That's 10 like ten hours. hours. Oof. More. Oof. To close out the festival, or at least his attendance of the festival, he did a live dramatic reading of Edgar Allan Poe's Telltale Heart. That's pretty dope. I, love <laughs> I bet. I bet it'd There's be really good. There's a video on YouTube. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Oh, all right. We'll we'll watch. We'll that watch one it day. later. Yeah. yeah. We'll watch it later before bed. We'll snuggle up in bed. And <laughs> we call it bedtime stories. Yeah, yeah. It's Nick Cage reading uh, Poe to us. <laughs> it's, it's very, it's Nick very Cage soothing. Reading literature. There's that. But like, not just literature, like the, the, most, the spookiest of literature. <laughs> <laughs> we don't actually do that. Maybe that's a good segue into talking about this movie. Uh, this movie opens up. A bat with background information, I guess, a, a title crawl sort of thing. Oh my god! Where I it's forgot. it very poorly lays out the world. Where again, there was some sort of climate disaster, meaning the whole world got irradiation, except for the cities. And there was a famine in like 2011, something like that. And so now the government stepped in and created this bureau, the Humanity Bureau which attaches a value to someone's productivity. And I mean, same. No, I'm just kidding. I, I mean, what is a credit score really? <laughs> <laughs> but so there are agents who hunt down people who are being unproductive 
and they send them to I guess what we think uh what we think it might be is like it's like a camp or like a site where they can get rehabbed and get jobs and mm-hmm. things of that nature. Yeah. And that it was really confusing from the start. There were several times in the first 15 minutes of this movie where Hannah and I looked at each other like, did we miss something? Did we miss a first movie? Like, they like get into the action really abruptly. Real quick. <laughs> and the reason I said what you said before is a good segue is because Nicolas Cage, the first scene we see him in, it's one of the first scenes. That mental note that I made that I already forget. No, 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 something else. Oh. But we see Nicolas Cage and he's driving in his car and it's so clear that like the windows are painted green <laughs> and there's this horrible CGI drone following him. And to describe how he drives. He's doing you the terrible it. He's doing the terrible car driving where he's just sort of moving his hands randomly and he's sort of like shaking his head. Like to... bobbling. Yeah. And so Michael Scott does that in the office <laughs> during his attempt at acting during what's Threat, it? Level, Threat midnight. level Midnight. And so that's why I said it's sort of a good segue because we do watch an episode of The Office every night before we go to bed. We and don't we do actually call watch Nicholas Cage. Stories. Yes. <laughs> there is an actual point. So he's driving out of the major city and into the desert to hunt down one of these unproductive fellows. Right. Recall that we are in the desert and it's relatively flat and mm-hmm. Nicolas Cage is acting like he's on like a dune. <laughs> they say it's... They say, yeah, he's like on a dune buggy. <laughs> but he's actually in, in, El, uh, in El Camino. Uh, in Canada. <laughs> in Canada. But he's supposed to be in Nevada? Is that where it is? Something Somewhere like in the Z- southwest. Z- yeah, yeah. It's my favorite region. <laughs> Another office quote for you. There is a moment where he drives over an actual tumbleweed. I don't know if you recall. Oh God, I do remember that. <laughs> we were like, oh my God, is that an actual tumbleweed? <laughs> it's the worst CGI tumbleweed. No, it was real because he drove... He, they well, didn't CGI that? They don't have the budget to CGI. Well, I guess they had the budget to CGI drones in like every driving scene. So I guess, I don't know. I, I'd have to go back and double check. But so he gets to this mo- motel where this felon this unproductive felon is staying and he checks into the front desk (laughs) and the guy's like here would you like a bottle of clean water nick cage goes you know the unlicensed sale of clean water is a (laughs) felony in these parts like 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 we we did not know that until this moment and like i guess that's exposition but like that's such incredibly deep exposition (laughs) immediately we don't build to that at all. No. It was great. And it's just... The stakes just, like, are sta- so high immediately. <laughs> and, and that's it. Everyone thinks that everyone's out to get them. And so everyone's just mad at each other. It's, oh, it's amazing. This is where we learn it's a crime to be a burden on society and have no job. But this old man is... A former know, governor or something? Something along, something along those lines. And he doesn't have his receipts or something because Nick Cage is just an accountant with a gun and a cool car. Yeah. And so this guy... He's he's basically Ghost Rider without the Ghost Rider powers. Uh, Well, he would be the Danny Oh, Reyes. he would be the accountant. Well, the the movie The Accountant with Ben Affleck? No, like the, the Mustafs Fufulis. Well, he's the devil, Mephistopheles. But doesn't he call himself the accountant? I don't remember. The devil goes by many names. (laughs) According to Idris Elba, 
Oh, We're talking about Ghost Rider all of a sudden. I don't know if we said that out loud. I did. I said okay, Ghost Rider. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm losing track of things <laughs> already. We're on the second scene in this movie. Okay. Like, describe this guy's like motel room, though. Oh, it's completely disheveled, almost like a hoarder. But it's very patriotic until he says something along the lines of, like, I don't know why I'm a burden on society. I used to be a governor or some shit. And I even met the president and they show a picture of him with Donald J. Trump. And it's like. And then there's like a make America great sign. Yes. And again, it's like. So at, the, so at first we're like, all right, so I guess these filmmakers see Trump supporters as burdens on society. Like or, I didn't understand what what the claim was. Yeah. But then this guy pulls out a gun and there's a terrible shootout between Nick Cage and this old man with a shotgun. And as the guy dies, he has a little card in his pocket that, what does it say? And it's like, no surrender. Yeah. And the whole movie, Nick Cage goes like, what does no surrender mean? (laughs) What does it mean? What do you see? What do you see? What does it mean? Like this old man goes down and he's like, I know the truth. And Nick is like, what do you mean the truth? I don't get it. And it's like, dude, come on. He's a, he's a crazy old man. What do you mean? He, he's a conspiracy And that's theory. why Steve and I were like, did we miss something? <laughs> like, why is he overreacting to this? Like, I, yeah, he really overreacted And then he spends it. the rest of the movie, like, trying to figure out what the truth is and what the never surrender means. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I have no idea. It seems really obvious to me. It's like never surrender. Okay, he wants to continue to live his life the way yeah, he's Yeah, don't let the government, like, life. get you down. Yeah. So let's move on to the next scene. Nick Cage is at his apartment now with his good buddy, his his buddy old pal. What was his name? <laughs> Hugh Dillon. <laughs> who this will, bald man. Baldy. Baldy. <laughs> this bald guy with this gloriously high-popped collar. Ooh, that mm. collar's popped so high. Mm. I'm guessing if they, if they get one thing right about the year 2030, here's it's my prediction. Popped collars, popped collars are coming back, baby. Beautiful. Like, Ooh. like... Do you think it'll be the double? Remember that time that, that, that guys wore two polos that was and rough. popped both of the colors? That was around the same time that girls would wear two camis, mm, one longer than the other. Yes. Pull it all the way down. Yeah, those were such looks. Fashion. I got fashion. 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 It's cyclical, guys. Fashion cyclical. Therefore, popped collars, 2030. Humanity Bureau predicted it. Bald Let's heads see. and popped collars are we'll, coming We'll back. be back in 2030 to see if that prediction was real, and we'll release an episode about it. Mm-hmm. Mark my words. Mark my words. Yeah, we should We should, We should. should just go back in 2030 and watch this movie. I just feel like, movie. hey, guys, um, popped collars are not back. <laughs> um, have a good one. Okay, bye. And uh, also, the we'll world... be with you through Nick and Thin, and the world is uh, also over. Lakes are still real. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. And the, the selling of bottled water is, is still not legal. Yeah. <laughs> So he's in his apartment with his buddy, and his buddy, who apparently is his bro- who's is his boss, says something along the lines of like, "You'll get promoted if you keep up this good work." And Nick Cage could care less; he's fishing indoors, and um, yeah. they're talking about on his Monet. Yeah, doesn't he's, he have like an original Monet? Yeah, and he like accidentally hits it with some fishing with a fishing hook, and he's like, "Whoops!" Oh well, I guess it's to show how much money psycho? they have. I don't know. The distribution of wealth is so off. I, but again. But again, Nick Cage is the one who spent his entire life building up this wealth, mm-hmm. and he's the protagonist. And he doesn't have like one clear moment where he's like, "I'm gonna throw this all away and like destroy his shit." He sort of does, I guess, later. 
don't but he know. sort That's of falls I mean. into like, it. I don't understand. Who's the I, protagonist? I don't, I don't get it. Anyway. It's Baldy. Ba- the bald guy with the beautiful collar. Um, now he's in his car and he's on his next mission. But his buddy actually said something like, you won't even have to go in the field anymore. You're so close to a promotion. So he's, he's on his next mission, Nick Cage. And he's in his car and he's hunting down this woman and her son. For the same reason as the old guy from the previous scene. And he shows up to this woman's house. He's doing her billing and her son. Her son. Kid we've talked, actors. Okay, we've talked about this yeah. before. Steve Steve thinks that a kid actor can make or break a film. Well, and that's putting a lot of pressure on a child. <laughs> it's putting a lot of pressure on the on the casting agents and the and the directors and the But this kid is not a great kid actor. Yeah. He's He's real the best bad. that Canada could offer at the time. That's fair. There's a scene. Sorry, with no hate to Canada. There's, there's a, yeah. I don't know if we even have any Canadian listeners, but if we I think do, we used to. Yeah, well, <laughs> we started shitting we on Canada so much. on Canada yeah. so many times. Yeah. There's only so much they could take. Yeah. So Nick Cage is also like sort of hitting on this woman, which is weird because he's clearly like sixty and she's clearly thirty. But Nick Cage also at one point gives the kid his gun and is like check out this cool thing like I, he, he disarms bull- it first. he dis- disarms it but still it's like i don't know whatever things are different in 2030 i suppose so then he and the kid have a real heart to heart he says something along the lines of we all have to pull our weight and the kid's like well shouldn't those with more contribute shouldn't those with more contribute less i don't even i he, but like it's he, the kid's trying to make like the communist manifesto here. yeah yeah essentially <laughs> but i i no, don't know i think the opposite oh socialism yeah socialist manifesto He's, yeah <laughs> is that a thing i don't know sure. anyway you can write one <laughs> great i'll get right on it nick cage is telling the mother that hey look you're not productive enough so we're gonna send you to this off-site thing you and your son have to leave she slaps him in the face and as this happens the kid has a bird in his hand randomly <laughs> decides to hand deliver this bird this kid's all over the place in the scene too yeah he's like jumping in the trunk of nick's car oh yeah and so he he's takes... like running all over the house yeah he takes the bird and this kid's not like four he's... no he's 12 or yeah. 11 yeah so he takes the bird up to the bird's nest on the chimney and falls off nick cage comes running over resuscitates him and didn't realize that falling made you stop breathing. So uh, yeah, I guess I, I guess you do CPR on a kid who like breaks his leg or something falling off a roof. So in twenty thirty, in twenty thirty, that's just how bodies work because of all the radiation. So 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 now the kid because he fell off the dirty roof and onto the dirty floor, he has to get a bath. But Nick Cage is still there, and their bath is in the middle of the room, and Nick Cage is just around the corner holding this bird. He gets back. Dead ass bird. He gets back in his car and he's doing that terrible drive acting. And he pulls it. He pulls up his. He pulls up his phone. What I'm saying. This movie's so good. (laughs) He pulls up his phone and he goes, "Uh, "You know what? Let's not deport them tonight. Let's let's give them another 24 hours because the kid has a music recital coming up and he's been practicing. He's been practicing (laughs) for a year. This kid. He is a beautiful voice. He's got the voice of an angel." 
He stops briefly at his apartment where Baldy... That's why he had to resuscitate him. Yeah, because he's got those beautiful pipes. Gotta save those. (laughs) (laughs) He goes to... We haven't heard him sing yet, by the way. So it's all just anticipation. (laughs) He laughed as well. (laughs) So he goes back to his apartment briefly. Baldy's there and he's like, what were you even doing? Going over to this woman's house. You don't need to be in the road anymore. Nick Cage then finds himself at HQ where it's a very deadfall type con... (laughs) Where he's sitting on a bench and somebody hands him a note, which leads him to an elevator with some guy at the ponytail. (laughs) And they have the most awkward, terrible conversation. I wrote down in all caps, this is bad. And the guy with the ponytail gives Nick Cage. He's like. He gives him a USB. And he's like, watch this in private or some shit. Nick Nick goes, do you know about. Like whatever do, you, do you know what never surrender means? And the guy's like, yeah, I know English. What, do you, what does it mean when, when someone says, I know the truth? I'm like, yeah, He's I like, don't know. Watch this USB. So then we flash back to Nicolas Cage's apartment where he's watching what's on the USB. And he simply you don't says. See, but we, the audience doesn't see it. Yes. We just see his reaction to it. Yes. And he reacts <laughs> with, what are we looking at? What have we done? And you had me write down that this is the worst scene. Now that I think about it, I think him holding the dead bird while the kid is getting a bath might one-up that. Like, he's just around the corner while this kid is, na- like, this mother's bathing herself. Like, leave, dude. You don't need Actually, to be there anymore. Actually, no, that's not the, this delivery of his line, what have we done, was bad, but it's definitely not the worst scene, so let's take it out of the running. Okay, okay, we'll keep, we'll keep going. Because now Nicolas Cage... Goes to the recital. Oh my god. Where this kid's been practicing. For, he's, he's, he's been really looking forward to it. <sighs> Nick Cage is in the back of the room. And now the, ki- the the recital, they're all singing. It's a kid and several other kids in a choir. And then it's... They're singing like Amazing Grace yeah. or something together. And, and then, then it's time for the stopped. kid's solo. The kid steps up front. And he speaks the Pledge of Allegiance. And everyone... Woo! Yeah! Doesn't sing a freaking word, this kid. The most unimpressive shit. <laughs> they cut to the end of the recital with Nick Cage and the mom, and they're both like, you were amazing up there. Saying words. You definite talent. You have so much... T- I, I see so much talent in you, even though you didn't sing a single damn thing that you've been practicing. I stopped your deportation. So that you can say I pledge allegiance to the flag. Unbelievable. I wonder if that was like a rebellious thing. Like in 2030 when America goes to shit, can you still recite the pledge? I don't understand why kids, why they make (laughs) exclusively children (laughs) recite the Pledge of Allegiance. It's really dystopian. (laughs) Every It starts their mornings. Everybody stand up. Did you have to do it in Catholic school? Yeah, mm-hmm. and a morning prayer, which is uh, you understand, like understandable in, ca- in Catholic school. What but is a pledge the morning of prayer? I don't know. It like changed every day. Oh, I don't know if it changed like, so, every day. Like, but, like, was it like Stevie? It's your turn to to give us a prayer. First of all, I hated when people <laughs> called me Stevie at that age. Second of all, no, they just had like I don't know some secretary or somebody did it over the PA system. Hmm. Peace be with you. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Anywho, 
Nicolas Cage is at this recital and he goes, you know what? I will drive you guys back to your house. <laughs> I guess <laughs> fuck your car that you took to this recital. Nicolas Cage and the mom, they have a quick boring chat about how coffee hardly exists anymore. Nicolas Cage spends the night at this house, but he sleeps in his car. <laughs> in the most uncomfortable position that you could possibly, <laughs> and possibly un- sleep and in a car convincing. Like, this family doesn't have a couch. I mean, I guess I understand, like, I don't want to put them out. He's a government agent. He's sleeping across the front seats with, like, his head, like, down where the clicker thing is for your, (laughs) for the (laughs) seatbelt. The seatbelt? The buckle? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, not the buckle. Like, the thing it clicks into. Okay, all right. Like, his head is, is like, below the rest of his body. Yeah. And then he, like, shakes himself awake. Yeah, it was bad sleep acting. His car acting and his sleep acting were equally terrible in this movie. So it's the next morning, Nicolas Cage, in his car, sees that there are several more government cars approaching. And he goes into the house and he screams at them. We have to leave, the three of us. Now! We'll get better ones, don't you worry. But Nick Cage goes back out to his car. Yeah, so let's think about this for a second. What possibly happened in the last two scenes to warrant Nick Cage, who has a very cushy government job, to completely rebel against the government? Well, so he he, saw the thing on his phone. I forgot, my bad. But we're still so in the dark as to why he's helping these people. Yeah, these two. Like why he spent the night. Yeah, I don't know. I don't get that because well, he's like because he's like people are here. Grab what you can. Let's. But like it was the next morning. So why? Why not? didn't they just leave that night? In the night, I don't know. Was there a drone watching them? There are a lot of drones, but anywho, Nick Cage goes into his car, pulls out a fucking Uzi, <laughs> like a submachine gun, starts rattling bullets around. <laughs> Takes out like four of them. There's three cars, and some people. Uh, the bald baldy's there he grabs the girl hostage he's like you're not going anywhere even though you know the truth now and we still don't know as the audience what the truth truth is never surrender baby uh baldy and nick cage have a quick fight and while they're fighting the kid takes a bb gun and shoots baldy's eyeball out (laughs) so mr popped collar then decides this is lighter but he then decides (laughs) to take duct tape and a slice of bread (laughs) And tape it over his eyeball. <laughs> so, to keep moisture in. I don't know how any of you listeners are even following this because Oh, we weren't following it while we didn't following it. We had like visuals. <laughs> Nick Cage, the mom and the son, make their way to a gas station where there's this overweight <laughs> gas station attendant who's got a crutch. And Nick Cage is like, kid, keep that BB gun pointed at him because if he doesn't help him, help us, we'll just shoot the shit out of him. We'll just kill this man. And they're like, don't kill the man because they don't have any money because the government shut down their money system. And then they... Which is like Apple Pay. Yeah, it's all Apple Pay. <laughs> Speaking of dystopian, am I right? Fucking got him. Um, <laughs> but then this fucking gas station attendant was like, oh, you're on the run from the government. Now I'll help you, even though you just threatened to, threatened to shoot <laughs> me in my happening? fucking face. You threatened to schmoot me in my book and doot. <laughs> I'm losing it, Ed. 
So he gives them gas to fill up their car. They then pull, they, they drive away, they pull over in a field, decide that they're going to go to Canada because Canada, it must have roads and lakes and plants. Well, no, because Nick as a child used to go up to a cabin in Canada, which was by a lake and fished with his father. And we saw a lot of flashbacks of that throughout yes. the film. Oh my God. So many. And Nick Cage also has a fondness for rabbit's feet. And gives the kid a rabbit's foot. And I don't know about you, but immediately I was like, oh, he had the USB in the kid's Yeah, no, I, foot. I knew there was the USB <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. in the rabbit's foot. Yeah. Spoiler alert, the USB is in the rabbit's foot. Yeah, we we quote unquote learned that like much later in the movie, but... We knew immediately. We knew immediately. Because so, he was like, keep this safe. And I'm like, all right, he's not like spiritual, so... <laughs> yeah, so I guess because Nick Cage is driving a, a government car... He needs a more inconspicuous car. So they find some like junkyard, some car, some car lot where there's some old woman and they're haggling over cost of trading in the car. And Nick Cage pulls out this line of like, I'll give you $500 for this car. And she's like, no, it's worth more than that. And he's like, they stopped making cars 30 years ago. And we're like, it's 2030. 2030. So, so in this universe... They stopped making cars before 9-11. So, did 9-11 happen? Oh, man. Donald Trump was president. Yeah. Yeah, Donald Trump was... So, So that means a succession of previous presidents must have happened in this universe. For Donald Trump to have been president when he was president. So that that old man, who was a bit of a younger man... Would have been yeah. in office the same time as Donald Trump. Yeah. Why did they stop making cars in 2000? Why did 2000? they stop making cars in 2000? Why did they say that line? Why did they keep that line in there? Probably to talk about like how the like environmental impact of the automotive industry, like trying to make some type of environmental statement. Maybe it's a statement. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it's like, oh, well, the the climate went to shit, but it wasn't the car's fault because we stopped making cars 30 years ago. So whose fault was it? I don't know. Radiation? Government? Trump? <laughs> Buzz, we're just like listing buzzwords. All right? Government. Bureaus. So, Bureaucracy. Anyway. <laughs> and that was fucking weird. And, <laughs> and Nick Cage is like, oh yeah, do you know how to get to this place in Canada? He's got a little postcard from when he was a kid. We're going here because I, I have a cabin there or something. And the woman's like, they don't have roads anymore. We're just like, what the fuck? There aren't cars. There aren't roads. There's no clean water. What happened to the roads? I don't know. It would have taken more infrastructure to get rid of the roads than it would to just leave the roads. I I guess. I guess. (laughs) Everything is dirt now. Where did all the asphalt go? (laughs) And they're like, water's no good. It's poison. And like, there's plants growing just fine. I guess they can use it and we can't. I don't know. So, they're on their way up to Canada when they get ambushed, and I literally wrote down, I don't know how to describe this scene, because there's, like, (laughs) some local townsfolk who are wearing way too many coats and funny hats who ambush the car. Wait, you said that they they looked like the Bird Woman from Home Alone 2. They are all dressed like the Bird Woman from Home Alone 2 or the Lost Boys from Hook. They might as well be fucking Rufio. I don't know. It might as well. They're wearing like 12 coats and a crazy big hat. 
And they kidnap the kid, but then Nick Cage is like, Damn it, where is he? He's gone! They ultimately are like, oh no, sorry. We're we're friendly. We're we're just weary travelers. And they're like, oh, that's all right. Why don't you live with us for an evening? Everything's fine. (laughs) And so the, the, the guy... The reason that they drove specifically to this guy is because the woman at the junkyard who sold them the car says, I don't know where this is, but I know a guy who knows where this is. I don't know how to get past the border because there's a huge wall or something. Yeah. And then wasn't there like a statement? It was like, it's easier to build a wall. That's later. Yeah. 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 I was like, all right. How obvious is that one? Yeah, but again... 2017. It it was another line where it was like, wait, that's an obvious dig at Trump, but is it? I don't think... I I think that this... I don't know. Let's get to the end, and then I'll let you know what I think about the political affiliation. All right, so they, they make nice with this bird lady man person. Who, <laughs> who's also German, right. <laughs> explicably, and so he's like he's like an expat. Why why would he stay there? Exa- exactly, <laughs> exactly. What are you doing there? What's happening? And so this man says, "There's one way through the U.S. Canadian border." And it's where there's this old radiation treatment facility is. In like upstate Montana. In upstate Montana. Nobody will go near it because there's too much radiation. So here's some magic pills that you can take to avoid the radiation. <laughs> and then here's some like radon like a, detectors. a Geiger counter or whatever. <laughs> and you can detect. Or... They're like once it hits 20, once take it, your pills. <laughs> once it hits 20 key flops, you know you've gone too far in a Quartron. And it's like, okay. <laughs> And everyone's like, sci-fi. <laughs> Great, sci-fi shit. Cool. Check the box that this is a sci-fi movie. That's the only box that <laughs> checks sci-fi. Yeah. So now they're in the car, and they're in Montana, and in this is where we get a lot of backstory because as they're on their way, they see a drone overhead, so mm-hmm. they decide to pull over and throw a bunch of bushes and shit over the car. And so this is where we get backstory, right? Where we find out that. Nicholas Cage had essentially a one-night stand with a woman 12 years ago, and that woman's name is... Rachel. Rachel. So he went to search Rachel when he found out what he found out, which I'll discuss in a second, but essentially the kid is his son. But the woman is not Rachel. The woman assumed her identity because Rachel died. In the famine of 2011. In the famine. So there's or another, whatever year it was. So there's another scene in a minute where there's comments there. But Nicolas Cage explains to the to the new Rachel, to who we also described in this scene as a poor man's Linda Cardellini, he explains what's really happening, which is that the people who are burdens to society without jobs, they get sent to essentially a concentration camp, camp gas chamber where they get incinerated. And then their ashes get are compacted. packed up into a box and, sent and then sent to the Humanity, humanity Bureau. Bureau. Not like just buried <laughs> or like incorporated into some kind of soil or put in no, the they, ocean. They create more waste by packaging them. Up. And then they ship it on pallets, like shrink wrapped in pallets. <laughs> yeah, they have plastic With like, and they don't have water. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's like all kinds of evidence 
and like you're doing something obviously shady it's very like snowpiercer which i don't think you've seen snowpiercer it's chris it's chris evans you'd love it oh i like him it's the same sort of thing where it's the rich people are burning up the poor people because they're poor Mm. and it's very like this is a classist society Mm. so we learn all of that and uh, the, then the drone sees them and cars start chasing them. So Nick Cage pulls out another assault rifle and just lays them up. Then they make their way to an abandoned warehouse because the kid has to pee. So the kid goes to pee and who shows up but Mr. Eyepatch himself. <laughs> formerly known as Baldy. Formerly known as Baldy, formerly known as Popped Collar uh, with a beautiful singing voice. <laughs> then, so Eyepatch kidnaps the kid and... Nicolas Cage has one of those terrible like action hero shootouts where he's standing under no cover and there's four guys with machine guns who can't seem to hit him. Yeah. But he just boom, one, two, three, four, yeah. shoots them all like no problem. Mm-hmm. Hate that Remember, shit. Remember, he uh, had nothing to worry about for his promotion. He's the best. That oh, that's true. That's true. There are a few screams in this scene. Very standard stuff. That last shit was when the kid escapes and he, I forget how he escapes, but he pops out of the sewer grate and they, and they and almost like, they back and they almost run over him. him. Yeah. So they grab the kid and they, they make their way off into the sunset on their way to Canada and uh, they stop and they have a little campfire. And this is where Linda Cardellini, Porta Man's Linda Cardellini <laughs> reveals that and let me see if you got the same thing because i have a question mark next to this in my notes did she kill rachel because rachel was going to eat the boy i think that's what happened she did say that during the great famine of whatever year Uh people resorted to eating each other and i think selling their children oh yeah so she probably killed her so i think she killed her so that she wouldn't sell her child yeah or eat her child I mean, I don't, I don't think either would be great. For no, him. I don't think either would for be him. Great. Yeah, I guess selling would be better unless she sold him to then be eaten by someone else. <laughs> it's also in the retelling of this story where Nicolas Cage produces a tear, uh, single. Yeah, it's one tear, quite glorious. Right eye tear. Uh huh. So they finally make their way to radiation land they uh take their iodine park yeah they they take their magic iodine pills and they turn on their geiger counter but there's no radiation i don't understand what's happening is the thing broken no the 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 little counter isn't broken is the government lying to us what and then who shows up out of nowhere but it's fucking eyepatch himself eyepatch himself he's everywhere they start chasing him down and this is where nick cage says uh, or they have a showdown, and Eyepatch says, uh, how did you know the radiation wasn't real? And Nick Cage goes, it's easier to build fear than a wall. Yep. And again, it's like, but it seems sort of like a dig at Trump, but like they were sort of pro-Trump earlier in the movie. I, th- I don't know. I think they're generally pro-Trump. So uh, Nick Cage has this showdown, and they have to... They don't have any, they're out of bullets or something. And so everybody's got guns pointed at them. So they have to put their guns down. Nick Cage and Linda Cardellini hold hands because they know that they've lost. And uh, iPad shoots Linda Cardellini straight in the head. Just like Square boom. between the uh, eyebrows. Yeah. Nick Cage in a last ditch effort says, fine, you can kill me 
and I'll I'll give you the the data that shows that you're burning people for no reason. But you have to let the kid. You have to let go. the kid go. And he Harry and the Hendersons it. He's go, get out of here, go, you come get out, run. What cut? What he ha- what? Harry and the Hendersons. Go, get on, leave, get out of here. It's like when t- it's like telling someone to leave when. But what is it for? Like their own to? benefit. The movie Harry and the Hendersons. What? It's a movie about a family that adopts Bigfoot. (laughs) It's from like the 80s. Do you remember the 30 Rock episode? No. No? There's a great Harry and the Hendersons episode of 30 Rock. I thought you were going to ask me if I remember the 80s. Do you you remember remember the 80s? 80s? Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Fondly. Yes. Or like a... Don't they do the same thing in like Old Yeller? Probably. Where it's like, go on, get get out of here. I don't don't want you anymore. Get Get out of here. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he does that to the kid. Back. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh Eye Patch shoots Nick Cage square in the head as well rip. after the kid runs away. Big rip. Big rip. Pour one out. Uh that was pretty shocking to us. The kid now just running randomly through the woods with several trained agents nearby finds his way to a Canadian safe house. A Canadian log cabin. A bunch of nice Canadian men going, Oh, don't you know? Oh, do you know Nick Cross? Did did Nick... That was Nicholas Cage's oh, was character, that his name? I think. Do you know Nick Cross? Did he give you anything? Did he give you anything at all? <laughs> oh, I got this here rabbit's foot. I got this rabbit's foot. And in the rabbit's foot, of course, is the fucking USB. And then we see Nick Cage one last time on the TV being like, The Humanity Bureau is burning people alive for no reason. Don't trust them. Riot. The revolution is now. Never surrender. And he uses all the rhetoric from before. And that's the movie. And no, I don't yet. get it. Why? Uh, closing credits. Oh, the, the, <laughs> the credits roll over that gorgeous song from Hugh Dillon. I patch. With those beautiful pipes. They, he should have featured the kid on his on his <laughs> song because he's oh got this, that, that great voice. Just like mixed in the pledge. So that was a lot. I I don't think it's been a long time since i've gone through every scene that i wrote down but i felt as though every scene was important deserve in this movie. it it deserve it of my recap because sometimes especially there was a moment in the middle there where it was like well he was at his apartment then he went here then he went back to his apartment in other movies i usually gloss right over that but in this movie just so much weird shit happened so odd all right before we get into the awards politically let's talk about this because uh-huh. it's super confusing uh-huh. but it's so it's so obvious that they were trying to make a statement, but what? but what? Yeah, so I guess what they're saying is that when you have a capitalist society, yeah, people like start burning corp- people alive? Big corporation is bad for the environment and for the people. When you expect everyone to have a job, that's when you have bad people so communism but there weren't is any bad. there weren't any corporations in this movie so it's not like corporations are bad all right so big government is bad right like big, big brother go- is bad right so like too much government is a bad thing but that's typically like a right wing very right thinking right but, but environment like environmental consciousness is very left is, yeah or yeah. or just not typically right sure fair enough yeah yeah 
I don't know what to make of this movie. What's the message? You know, it makes me think of movies that have such a really clear message, like The Wicker Man, which the <laughs> message was... Don't trust women, women are bad. <laughs> don't trust women. Look at how society turns to shit when you let women run it. This movie, I just really couldn't quite put my oh, finger man. on what the message was. It's like environment. It's like global warming is bad. Yeah. And then it's like burning people is bad. Wait, but then it's yeah. also like... The government caused, it's like the Humanity Bureau intentionally caused the radi, like, yeah. how are the, if the radiation was fake, then how is everything dead and everything desert and how are all the lakes dried up? They hired Joe to go poison all the trees. Whoa, bring it back, Bring it back. So what happened? I don't know. Because because then after all this, they show the boy in Canada and he jumps into a lake surrounded by trees. So it's just the United States. So they intend like the government intentionally fucked shit up for everybody so they could send the non-contributors to a concentration camp to have them burned alive and then make the contributors live in like small huddles and have Monet paintings in yeah. their penthouse apartments yeah it's like very hunger games i don't, I don't know what else i don't to know say. what to think about i don't know what this. to think about this movie i mean i loved it yeah <laughs> but not for not because of the plot right 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah there were some really some really bold acting writing and directing choices in this movie they i mean at least they at least they tried something they did they tried and that's why i enjoyed this one because a lot of these things that we watch it's like you just there's just no i'm getting nothing out of this yeah this i got a lot out of this one yeah i'll be thinking about this one for a couple days (laughs) sure sure (laughs) all right let's do some nick cage awards unless you have any other closing thoughts okay okay uh best supporting actor it's eye patch. It's eye patch. It's eye patch. It's eye patch. Come on. What are you going to give it to the kid who recited the Pledge of Allegiance? <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> uh, best dressed. We didn't really talk about any of his outfits. I don't think he really had anything. Can we give it to the popped collar that eye that, patch That eye patch wore? Sure. That's fine. <laughs> Just the culture of popped collars, I Co- think. The culture yeah. surrounding. Yeah. Uh, worst Nick Cage scene. Um. Oh my God. What have we done? No. It, I think it's I think it's him like applauding the kid for reciting the the pledge <laughs> the of allegiance recital. to the flag. <laughs> recital. The it's recital. the recital. It was so bad. I don't get it. We were crying. We were losing it. <laughs> we we're like, okay, here we comes like, the right, solo. The build up. I, I was like, all right, maybe they cast because because so far we're like this kid sucks. He's not a good actor. So we're like, maybe they cast him. This is what I'm thinking about. This, maybe they this cast is a my good thought singer. process. I was like, maybe they cast him because this kid has pipes. Yeah. He's got he's got those golden tubes coming out of his throat. But nope. no. 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 Holy shit. Uh, he like very haphazardly recited the pledge. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of Like he didn't even rap it. No. <laughs> what uh, a loser. Best Nick Cage scene. Hmm. Give me some options. All right, let's see. Uh, Radiation Land when he gets shot. Moving backwards here. Um, Radiation Land. <laughs> like it's in, it's in there was the park. scene at the the Bird Lady Man's house. 
which I don't understand. I don't think that was a particularly great scene. <laughs> None of those scenes were good. Um, that, re- that part really got lost on me. Oh, the abandoned warehouse where they stopped to pee and he has that mm, gunfight. Him fight. dodging all the bullets. Dodging the bullets. Is that what you're giving it to? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Uh, best Nick Cage scream. I think it's the old yeller probably. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Go. Go. Uh, go. Get out of here. Go. It was. Run. It was a lot. Yeah. Yeah. As you... As you had just heard. Oh, of course. In the most nouveau shamanic (laughs) moment. The driving? Is it his drive acting, his sleep acting, his production of a single tear? (laughs) Um, Those are the contenders, I think, for me. None of them are like textbook nouveau. Mm, I hated that sentence. None of them are textbook nouveau. None of them are like textbook nouveau. I mean, it could be him holding holding the bird. While the kids getting bathed, I just That's wrote not down Nouveau. bird in hand. But it's better than two in the bush, right? He does the drive acting more often than the sleep acting, but mm. the sleep acting was such a clear cut choice mm. that I'm more inclined to give it to the sleep acting. Okay, but we've never seen him do drive acting before, or we yeah, have just not bad drive. Not acting. that bad, yeah. Well, so that he was usually intentional. He usually prefers to do his own stunts with driving. <gasps> So this wouldn't be Nuvo Shamanic. Because Nuvo Shamanic would be him doing his own stunts for driving. Okay. So sleep acting. Okay. To, <laughs> so to the bad sleep acting we go. All right, Han. That's going to do it for the awards. Where are we ranking this one? I have no idea because we had fun with it, but it was so bad. It was really terrible. And he wasn't that cagey in it. No. He did have some screams, some decent yelling. Yeah. Where was Army of One? Army of One is at number 47 out of almost 85. Yeah, it needs to go higher than that. Okay. I mean, lower or whatever. It needs to be closer to 87. <laughs> oh, closer to the closer to the bottom. Okay. Yeah. All right, let's... What's, what's number 52? 52, random. Grindhouse. So let's skip 52, 53, 54, 55. Those are all the movies that he's like barely in. Let's go to 56, Rumblefish. Better. Better than Rumblefish. No, this movie isn't better than Rumblefish. Okay. But I don't even remember his performance in Rumblefish. We did see his butthole. Oh my God, that movie. <laughs> it was black and white. It was Mumblefish. It was his, his yeah, uncle. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, keep going. Uh, Firebirds. Mm. That one was pretty bad. That one was I like fun. It that right one was there. fun. Dad, I like though. it right there between right there. Firebirds and Rumblefish. Wow. All right. There it is. There you have it. The Humanity Bureau. The decisions are final. Um, especially because underneath Firebirds is Bad Lieutenant Port of Call New Orleans, which Fantastic. was real bad. Um, great. So next weekend, we're watching a movie called Dark. I could not find much in this movie. Hopefully, we'll find a way to watch it. Through hell or high water, we'll watch a way to find a way to watch it. Uh, it stars only three people. Two of them we've already seen before, Nicolas Cage and Anton Yelchin. And they revive their roles from Dying of the Light. I don't know anything about it. Doesn't he die at the end? I do not recall. (laughs) That's the one where he had Alzheimer's? Yes, or like the CTE thing or whatever. Yeah. So That was the one at Ruby Tuesday. (laughs) Yeah, uh, it just says... A government agent must track down and kill a terrorist before he loses his full memory from dementia. It's the same movie. It's the same movie. 
But does this... it take place at Ruby Tuesdays? I <laughs> it must. Nicholas Cage, Irene Jacob, and Anton Yelchin. That's all I got. And, the and po- it says 2017? It says 2017. It says it's an hour and 15 minutes, so it's short. It, the poster says Dark, a film by Paul Schrader, who... Yeah, that's the same guy. Yep. All right, guys, if you're if you're listening, hopefully before we watch the next one and you know how to watch this movie, please let us know. Uh, yeah, just skimming through real quick, it looks as though this is almost a director's cut of Dying of the Light. Oh. So, it's only an hour long. Wait. Wait. Wasn't that... Yes. Oh, my God. This was that the... was the movie with the non-disparagement clause. Yep. They had a non-disparagement clause, meaning that nobody could talk poorly on this movie. And they had to sign I'm it or else they I'm shocked that while I was paid. doing all my research that I didn't, I didn't see that they actually made it. Yeah, I like I said, I don't know how we're gonna watch this because I it, nothing really comes up on Google. You can't type in dark movie because then it just gives you a there's list like of a dark thousand. movies. And there's a TV show called Dark that came out in 2017. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, we might be watching that, or we might be watching something else. I guess only time will tell. Well, we gotta watch it somehow. We'll find it. We'll figure it out. Okay. If we can find Best of Times and like the fucking Boy in Blue. All right, the Best of Times was on YouTube. We found some weird one. We we watched three no, quarters you know, of Amos and Andrew. The hardest thing for us to find was the fucking Christmas, Christmas Carol, because there's a thousand. Yes. So I think that's gonna do it. We went a little long on this one. Maybe we'll see with editing. It was Around a fun hour. one though. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Mm, love this movie. Made my week. Sure. Anything else from you? No, I'm all set. I don't remember what that mental note was that I was. Oh, me neither. Keep. That's fine. Or Doesn't maybe, matter. Maybe I'll write it in the comment. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's probably really. It's probably prolific. really funny now. Yeah. I think that'll just about do it for us. But would love for you to remember that we are always here for you through Nick and Finn. Thanks for listening, guys. Take care. Now.